Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Whiskey Talk from the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. I'm Richard Goslin, editor of the Society's members magazine, Unfiltered. The Society's membership is hugely diverse, but the common factor uniting each and every one of us is in our passion for whiskey, its flavours and the places it comes from. From studying engineering, Pete Begg found himself drawn to the world of cooking, working in various restaurants before becoming friends and subsequently business partner with Jamie Oliver. Pete is now head of food development with Jamie's organisation, as well as being a devoted member of the SMWS. Our master brand ambassador John McChain caught up with Pete for a dram in our London members' room at 19 Greville Street to find out more about his journey and his passion for whisky. How did you first get into food? And- well, first, I first got into food. Um, it was really my grandmothers were <coughs> fabulous cooks. You know, my, um, both my grannies were Victorians. So that you know, that gives you a clue as, as to how old I am. You know, <laughs> but they were both Victorians, and they knew how to cook. You know, before before we kind of lost our way in this country. And um, <clears throat> I remember going to both their houses, and one of them made amazing jams, jellies, chutneys. And how old were you at this time, Pete? Oh, I was young you know six seven eight years okay, old okay okay i was young and the other made great roast dinners and fruit cakes and the jams and i remember waiting for the strawberry jam every year to for, for one granny and scotson to make she always made the best strawberry jam and i was wondering why can't we have this all year round she would say, <laughs> well, because the strawberries aren't you know you gotta wait till strawberry time and i got this idea of seasons and things and but i just it was mostly just sheer self-indulgence I and mean, i just loved the taste of it all you know and, and, and from that very early age you could <clears throat> Identify different flavors and yeah. Well, foods I and just, I just, well, it, it wasn't. It was just pure enjoyment, really, for me. I just loved it. She made the strawberry jam. I just went nuts for it. She made a fruit cake, and my dad brought it back to my house. I went nuts for it, and that's an old family recipe. That's you know, it was her grandmother's recipe. So that would have been. It's pretty much two hundred years old. I still make it these days. Okay, I still make it. fantastic. Two hundred year old recipe. Yeah, Anderson fruit cake. Incredible. Now, so did that very early experience make you want to be uh, involved in food then? Well I didn't really I just followed my nose really I mean I, I found out that I could actually start when I got to about you know I made my first thing when I was six. I made a pizza out of a Blue Peter Annual. <laughs> I did, really? Yeah, really? I, it was a scone-based pizza in a Blue Peter Annual. And I, I thought, I oh, God, this is really good. It's really tasty. You know, and my mum is is a wonderful woman. She cooked for me all my life and, you know, um, hats off to her. Because she didn't really like cooking. But she wasn't really that keen, you know. And there's no reason why she should have been. But so um, I, I realised that I could actually start making things taste better if I cooked them myself and have that we try with the herbs and spices and things so <clears throat> I started making stuff when I was 14 15 16 years old I got really into it and then I went away to university and I had to cook myself then when I had flats and I started cooking a lot and by the end of it I just I was always interested in was cooking but, but, and this was all in Scotland Pete yeah that's right I went to Edinburgh University I yeah. studied engineering <clears throat> And um, this is a great story about that. Yeah, I love this yeah, story. Exchange, yeah. Did I, did I tell you the story? Or shall I tell, I'll tell you it again. Yeah, yeah absolutely not. Do it too. Because <clears throat> um, yeah, I was getting more and more interested in food and less and less interested in engineering as I went through. And I got given this project for my final year, and um, it was all about a steam engine, you know. And all the other boys, and of course, because they were all boys, uh, were very very interested in engineering. Knew all about steam engines. I didn't know anything really because I just made my because basically. I, I went to Edinburgh because um, my friends were going there and I knew I could get into it because I was good at maths and physics at school. I didn't really think about what I wanted to do. 
And so I ended up, I ended up sitting in this room going, oh God, I'm going to have to study all about steam engines because, uh, uh, you know, that's my, <laughs> it's, it's subject of my thesis. It was supposed to be a steam engine of the third world, you know, using waste oil, very un- environmentally sound. But uh, you know, th- that was the 80s and it was acceptable in the 80s. So <clears throat> I um, yeah, so there I am trying to figure out how steam engines work and how am I going to build one how, that works this way. And I'm reading a book about the history of the steam engine. And uh, it, talks, it, it talked about a man called Richard Trevithick who made the first high-pressure steam engine. And he was down in, I think it was Cornwall or Somerset or something like that. And the story goes that he built this sort of primitive steam engine and it chugged along a track. And on Christmas Eve, he showed it to all of the people from the village and everyone clapped and pushed it back into the shed and went to his house for lunch. And what happened was that um, uh, they forgot to put the fire out in the boiler and the boiler went dry and the whole thing went up in flames. But nobody noticed because they were all in the house having a great time. And having mince pies and roast goose and port. And I remember thinking, you know, of course, the man who wrote the book said, this is a disaster. You know, the first steam engine. I, honestly, I couldn't have cared less. I want roast goose. That's what. And then, you know, that's so the, I had this epiphany, you know, that they had this shaft of Fantastic. light in the sky yeah, going, yeah, yeah, you yeah. should be in food. But, and uh, I thought, oh my God. So, um, yeah, so when I finished, I, you know, I did a bit of temping and paid back some, some bills. And then I uh, just went to restaurants and asked for a job and I started cooking. And that's just how it happened, yeah. Yeah. And how did you end up meeting Jamie and did that? Well, over the done? years, I, mean, I cooked for a bit in Edinburgh in various restaurants. I got a little disillusioned with it because food in that time, um, especially in, in, in Edinburgh, it, it wasn't very good. Based outside London, it wasn't terribly, it wasn't terribly good. And I wasn't learning the things I thought I'd be learning. So I, I had a wee go at teaching. So I, I went to Italy and taught English as a foreign language. I did a wee course and went there. And of course, I get to Rome, I get a job, and I'm, start, I'm starting working. And all around me is food. All around me is the seasons and the highest quality. Um, and I was just totally sucked in again. I lived in a flat in a flat share with this Italian guy whose parents were, were, were peasants in the real, real meaning of the word. You know, they were real farmers in the hills in Abruzzo in the centre of Italy and uh, they made they reared their own animals they made their own cured meats they made their own cheese they baked their own bread made their own pasta and I just couldn't believe how good this was every Sunday I used to come used to go up there to see them come back with a hold all full of food and I used to be waiting you know <laughs> watching the clock going wait you're due back now you're due back hurry up hurry and I'd take all this stuff and I just Oh my God, the food was amazing. And I was totally bitten by the food bug again. So I, so I decided I'm going to come back to London. I'm going to train and I'm going to work in food and see where it goes. And yeah, that happened. And then restaurant after restaurant followed. And eventually a friend of mine phoned me up and said, you should go to the River Cafe because that's an, a really good Italian restaurant. I've just been working there a bit and you would like it. It's, it's. So I went down and did a, did a, a trial. And I walked into the fridge, they had this big walk-in fridge full of all these, and I recognised all the boxes immediately. They were all the same boxes, same ingredients as the markets in Rome. And I thought, these people understand it. This is not Italian style, this is not Mediterranean, this is proper Italian. And uh, I just loved it. I started working there, and uh, the same week I started, Jamie started. We were two new boys. Okay, okay. So he used to give me a lift home, because we both lived in North London, and we became friends and we worked together. For a number of years and <clears throat> eventually when he got his break became the naked chef 
uh, he he after a while he said to me I can't do this on my own you know I need I need people to help I've got somebody that can do this and for me somebody can do that for me but I need somebody that knows about food to, to help me do stuff so okay. um, that was my job really and it still is 20 years later Fantastic. to help him do stuff really, sure, sure, across yeah, all yeah. of his different businesses and okay and where Pete did whiskey start for you well whiskey you know it's <clears throat> anyone growing up in Scotland you know, w- would say, you know, whiskey's such an important thing, you know, and, and it's whiskey was all around me, you know, when my parents having their friends over and stuff, there was lo- always lots of whiskey drunk and, and, um, and uh, there was quite a celebration of it. I just, and you're very aware, I was aware from a young age that this is the national, this is, this is the special Scottish drink, you know, and sure. we should all, everyone was very proud of it and everyone loved it. And I loved all the branding and the imagery on the bottles. I loved the, you know, the grouse on the grouse bottle. I, I just, I, I just loved it. There was something that was magic. The shape of the bottles too, I thought was beautiful. And um, I just, I just liked the theatre of whiskey. And I tried to, I mean, when I was growing up, I remember dipping my finger in it and tasting it and going, oh my God, that's so strong. But there was still, there was some magic pull for me to it. And um, yeah, and it, it never left me. And but when I grew up a bit and I was a teenager I was a student you know I tried to sort of drink whiskey but it didn't really agree with me and uh, you know I couldn't drink too much of it or I was uh, you know all over the place but um, uh, I, it didn't really click for me until uh, in terms of well I should how can I put that another way um, yeah I tried to like I felt I should like whiskey and I tried to like it and I, I was in love with the with the story of it and the, the imagery and the branding and the bottles and whiskey galore I've seen that film. who who, who cannot love whiskey yeah, after you sure, see whiskey sure, galore sure, I sure. wanted to be one of yeah. those guys at the party sure. I wanted to be hiding bottles of yeah, whiskey yeah, yeah, and drain yeah, pipes yeah, and things yeah, like yeah, that yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I loved it and I wanted to love it and I tried over the years but maybe I was I think actually I was maybe just not old enough for it my taste buds weren't um weren't ready for it and um, <clears throat> also I just was perhaps not drinking a good enough whiskey but then when I finished uni uh, a good pal of mine started working for McDonald Muir and they made Glenmorangie and various other whiskeys. We were part of those yeah. guys for a while yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and he uh, <coughs> gave, was giving me bottles for Christmas and stuff like that and I started drinking and actually you know this is just something really nice uh, I'm getting to getting to understand it and getting to getting used to it and I liked it, and all over the years that grew. And my that my flatmate that I described when I moved to Rome, he was really into whiskey. He was a bit older than me, and uh, it was one of the things that we first bonded on because he spoke Italian, no English. I spoke English, no Italian. So we had to kind of learn to communicate. I wanted. I remember the first night that I moved in, he brought out a bottle of whiskey, and uh, he was he was Scottish. This is Scottish, and it was it was William Lawson's. It was, and it was one of these made for export whiskies, and it, it wasn't very good. And so it was like kind of a. Like- Epiphany for you then, Pete, and all of a sudden you decided, actually, I like this stuff and I can drink it. Yeah, well, um, <coughs> that, well, that, well, that was it. Was interesting to to taste that awful whiskey that my friend had been drinking. Sure. And I said to him, look, when I go back to Scotland, I'm going to bring you some proper whiskey, right? The proper malt, <laughs> not not a cheap cheap blend for export. Sure. Um, and uh, you know, um, so I, I went I, I went home and I bought him a bottle of Lagavulin. I bought him I bought him Macallan, I think, and I bought him one other. And I took it, I came out in January after Christmas and put them on the table and he tasted them and he just, 
his face was a picture because he just realised <laughs> he'd been drinking just rubbish. And he just took, he went straight to the cupboard and took his old bottle of whiskey, poured it down the <laughs> sink, and he said, a death of common chamuancora, which means let's start all over again. And uh, and he sat down, he loses these whiskeys, and he just he just loved them. And every time I go and see him, I still know him. I bring him a bottle of Lagavulin. Fantastic. He, he loves it. So and and I started tasting them too, and thinking, God, this is really nice. You know, it is great whiskey. And uh, I got more and more interested in it, and uh, I got a wee bit older. And then then um, and I drank more in restaurants because I was working in restaurants. So you know, I knew the barman, and we had wee nips of things down again. And they said, "Try this; it's great." And I got to love more whiskey, and I started buying bottles of whiskey to have on the shelf at home. But <clears throat> the real the real moment for me came a few years later when um, I was invited to go shooting up in up in Scotland, stalking up in Scotland, and uh, I went. Uh, yeah, so there were four of us that went. We were in a place called um, Glen Affric. It was Affric Lodge, top of Glen Affric. Fabulous, fabulous house. And we were lucky enough to go and all stay up there. So it was me and there was four pals. And we all went off with different stalkers in different directions with the agreement that we'd meet in a certain body once we'd all bagged our stags. So <clears throat> I went off up the hill and um, I was the first one. And I managed to get this great big 14-point stag. It was fantastic. And it was snowy. It was October, but it was snow in the mountains. And it was really cold. And we managed to pull this stag all the way down and get it near the get in the bothy. And I was the first. So we were waiting for the others to come. And the, the stalker said, right, um, we pulled out from one pocket a, bo- uh, a, a bag of this... Fab- Sorry, he pulled out this, this fabulous fruit loaf that his wife had made and put it on the table. And in his other pocket, he took a bottle of grouse. And he said, I'll be back in a minute. And he went out the door with a jug and went up onto the hill and he scooped this jug of burn water up and brought it back in. And it was I mean, it was the same colour as the whiskey. It was this this amazing sort of sort of pale brackish brown. And he said, now this is the water you want to be drinking with the whiskey. And I thought, oh, really? Crikey, straight off the hill. And he'd lit a fire by then. <clears throat> so, that, so there I am with this fruitcake, this bottle of grouse, this water from the mountain, the smell of the fire, Outside, it's just it's wild and it's beautiful and the colours are amazing and um, the the air was incredible and I just started drinking the stuff and ev- all the planets aligned. I don't know what the cliche is, but it everything slotted into place and it all made sense. So this is the flavour of Scotland in a glass. That's a magnificent story, Pete. I mean, I, I know exactly what you mean. Mm. I mean, you remember that moment so well. Uh, you see the stars aligned. I never forget you know, it. You know, you, 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 quite clearly because you can describe it so mm. well. So what about um, how did you come across the society then? Uh, my brother bought me a membership for Christmas, right? And um, I didn't know that much about it. And he said, "You like whiskey?" Because by that time, I was just gibbering about whiskey. Oh, it's incredible! It's Scotland in a glass. It's it's the smell of the wind and the rain and the sun and the barley and the field. I love, the, way, I love the, the way you describe that. I love the way you describe <laughs> but it, that. But it really, it, it sounds a bit. I know a girl of Naila, Rachel McNeil, <clears throat> who'll just give you a big hug when you see that sort of thing. You know, but, but it's it, uh, it really. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's not. I'm not trying to. I'm not waxing lyrically, it really just added up to that to me. It all made sense. It was the, the rain, the wind, the barley, the water, the the, the smoke from the fire, the, 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 the sure. everything about it was, was incredible and it all made sense. 
And so after that, I started drinking quite, I drink quite a lot of whiskey. But no, I started buying bottles and stuff and enjoying it. And you know, and it, everything, I would, it would take me back. I'd drink it and it would take me back to that experience. And I would think, God, this is great. And so my brother bought me a membership for the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. Can you remember when that was? I honestly can. It must be. It must have been 10, 15 years ago. Okay, okay. And um, I, I remember getting the pack when I had these little mini bottles. Sure, yeah. For a starter, yeah, sure, and it was sure. a notebook, it was a wee sure, badge, I got yeah, to wear yeah. like the one you've got yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. And, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, and they said, we, and there's a place in Greville Street, you can go along and go to the bar. And so I, I taste these whiskies, they were fantastic, they were also different. I loved the way they were different colours, and um, the, the codes on the front, I thought, that's great, and... You know, you can look them up if you want to and find out where they were. But And then, of course, you, you find that a lot of distilleries, that they don't normally sell their whiskies to the public. They're not, you know, they're not right. branded. Yeah. So you get to taste things that you that don't, that aren't really Can't out there get. in right. any yeah. other way. And then you realise that actually it's a different outturn every month. So when you take 130-odd distilleries in Scotland, suddenly you multiply that, multiply that, multiply that, and there's a whole world of different tastes and experiences you can have. And so I remember going to the bar for the first time and I stood there and the guy said, well, what would you like, sir? And I said, well, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I like, I like, and I was thinking of brands, and but there's no point in saying that because he's, uh, and he said, well, look, would you like, do you like fruit? Do you like smoke? Do you like leather? Do you like dried fruit? Do you like, and he picks all these things at me. And I'd say, and he'd give me a wee drip of each and try and taste it. And it was just great. And I thought, it was a t- t- whole new way to drink, you know, I mean, you know, who, who, you never get asked that question at a bar. You just, you just get, you know, you just get asked what yeah, you sure, want, sure. Uh, rather than what, what, what kind of flavours you like. It's a totally new way to 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 approach yeah, drinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just thought this this is amazing. Um, so yeah, I loved it, and I love the fact that this you don't get led by any branding. You don't get sort of seduced by oh that gin that's great, that vodka's really. I love the goose on that vodka. There is a. You don't get led by that. It's all the same bottles with just different names and different... Although I do like the names. They're great fun. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, I, I have a lot of fun with those. Yeah, and I have yeah, one yeah. bottle that I've kept for years called Slytherin Potion Flask, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. I finished the whiskey years ago, but I've still got it myself, so I love it. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple of those too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you introduce Jamie to the society? I did, yeah. yeah. It was his... Um, we always buy each other birthday presents, and I bought him a bottle. I bought him a couple, actually, of bottles of whiskey. And I took him up to his house. We were doing something at his house in Essex. <clears throat> I said, look, take these. Because he's he was quite interested in whiskey. And he drinks, uh, he, he likes tequila as well. He knows quite a lot about tequila, which um, which I don't. And whenever he gives me one, I'm like blown away. Because all I know about tequila was, you know, Jose Cuervo in my student days. Sure, which sure, just yeah, always yeah. ended yeah, in tears. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> with the, the salt and the light. Yes, I have. But the stuff he has is, is fantastic. So... Um, and I started giving him some of the the more, the more whiskey society um, whiskies, and he just thought they were great. So, and he's saying, "Where where is this? Where is this place? Where is this place?" So, um, I, I told him, I sent him links, and he joined, and he started ordering bottles. And then I'm taking him to the bar a few times, of course, and we've had a good few drinks here ourselves that. with him. And he loves it. So I've just texted him actually a picture of the glass and the drive. Fantastic! Fantastic! Wish you were here. Do you have favourite? Flavour profiles. There's twelve flavour <coughs> profiles here. Do you have yeah. particular favourites? Well, um, 
but I drink them all because they're all extraordinary. But I've never really thought of whiskey divided up into those put into those categories before since I started um, looking at it here. And um, it's it's a really interesting it's a really interesting thing. So uh, when the outturn comes out, I'm always looking at each section and thinking sure, sure. and look reading the little blurb about how they taste. Um, and the old and dignified is good, but um, that's that's always going to be it's always going to be good. But it's kind of it, it's, I love it, but it's not the most interesting for me. I like the I like the young sprightly ones, okay. and it's something that I've learned since coming here that people are drinking whiskey younger now, and there's some wilder flavours, some interesting, more interesting things to taste, and um, <clears throat> that's new for me, and I'm really quite I'm really quite excited by that. Great. So always look at that part when I see okay. the return. Okay. As a chef, big mm. food. What do, how do you what do you think about our tasting notes you know when you taste a whiskey then look at our tasting note mm-hmm. does, does it work for you or yeah well it, there's always stuff there that works there's always stuff um, <clears throat> uh, you know I do a lot of tasting in my job because I, I taste all kinds of things whether it's dishes in restaurants whether it's retail products whether it's, it's food that we cook for books or or whatever but there's a lot of tasting and thinking and um, examining flavours in your mouth and and uh, so I, I, I'm used to doing that and it's I think whiskey I think it's it's slightly harder I think you've got to try a bit harder and think about it of course it's quite strong so when you get into it you, I think you, you your brain gets a bit fogged and you taste slightly less but um, and I, I don't want to spit any of these out because it's so good. I wouldn't. It would. It would mortify me. You know, like a wine tasting. You would. Sort yes. Of you would spit yes. Out. <clears throat> but um, anyway, sorry. Uh, let's get back on track. Um, yeah, I, I like. I like. I like tasting, it and I like uh, trying not to read the notes on the bottle and trying to pull out things that I think I can taste in there, and then then checking the bottle and seeing. I agree what completely. They, what they I, say. I, I, I always tell people to do. If you've read the tasting note, you're only then trying to you're think about. You're slightly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's mm. great. Now, um, okay. So you're going to get shipped to a desert island next week. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what would be any particular SMWS whiskies you would take? You want to take with you? You know, I, I don't, I'm not expecting you to remember. Exact numbers ones. and names and stuff, but have <clears throat> you a kind of general impression? I would take some young and sprightly. I'd take a mix, you know, across those yeah. different flavour profiles. Yeah, young and sprightly. To the the um, the fruity one is very. They're always fantastic. They, I can't remember the exact name. Sweet or fruity and mellow. The sweet fruity and mellow. And and deep rich and dark fruits. Deep rich dark fruits. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. Deep rich dark. They are always extraordinary. Um, young and sprightly and some deep rich and dark. Um, uh, but I mean, you know, I love them all. They're all delicious. The one, the best one I had recently was as we were chatting about the the big ginger at Christmas. Oh, that was like somebody <laughs> punching your face for a run over. It's like being run over by a truck was, full was of that ginger. the big ginger from Moffat? <laughs> big ginger. <laughs> that's uh, that's named after one of our guys. Is actually. it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great. Yeah. I took that off at Christmas, and we did some damage with that. It was sure. Great. Pete is featured in the April issue of Unfiltered, the members' magazine of the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. 
where you can find out much more about the whiskey world, its history, the people who make it and the places it comes from. Check it out at smws.com. That's it for this episode of Whiskey Talk. Until the next time, cheers. Cheers.